Welcome back everyone to Two Bits One Puck. I'm your host, a complicated man, Dan Masters, with the president of the Leon Dreisaitl fan club, Will Everett. Will, how you doing? Great to talk, Dan. I'm very well, thank you. Very well indeed. Nice, nice. I believe you have a question for me. I do, Dan. I do. So I'm sitting today at 9.04 GMT on the 3rd of April 2019. Which teams in a playoff position, which, sorry, which team's fan base whose team is currently in a playoff position, and we'll get there eventually, would be fine with a first round exit. To, to sum it up, which team's fan base is just happy to get in? Yeah, which team, for millennials out there, which team's fan base is happy with a participation award? Essentially. Which, which team is most millennial? Is that, yeah. is that what we're yeah, trying which to get teams, Which team's most millennial? There we go. I had, a couple of, I had a couple of thoughts about this. I thought the Islanders was one. That was one of my choices. Oh, oh. And then I thought the Hurricanes as well. But I'm going to have to go with the Blues. Oh, now, that is... That's interesting. Now, yeah, see, I'm looking I'm looking whole season. Now, at the start of the season, obviously, the Blues would have been... Well, of course we're making the playoffs. Like, Look look at the moves we've made. We've, we've done great business. And the Islanders fans would have been thinking, Jesus Christ, if we even get close to the playoffs, that will be a success. Hey, we all said it. We all said, if they're not one of the worst teams this season, they've done well. And not only they've done well, they've been really, really good and made the playoffs comfortably in the in the Metro. But I think as the season goes on, and was it something like the 3rd of January that the Blues are in last place? I think, yeah, it was definitely around that date, if not that date exactly. Yeah, maybe a bit earlier, but... For for that fan base, I think at this point, they would then look back and say, Binnington's come in, we've now got a goalie, we can push on from here, hopefully. If it doesn't go right, considering where we were, that's amazing. I think because the Islanders have been there, or thereabouts all season, I think their, their fan base would now be a bit miffed. Not, I'm looking at this as a percentage. If I'm saying like, the Islanders fans would be maybe 20% happy to go out in the first round. Maybe the Blues fans would be like 22, 23. It's very close for me, but I feel I have to pick one team. So I think on the base of the season, I'd pick the Blues. And the Hurricanes as well, their fans eventually, we've said it for years, haven't we? This is going to be the time they get in. This is going to be the time they can finally do something. And I think if they at least get in this time, they've got some good young, they've got a good young team, good players, they can build for the future. So that's my answer. My answer's the Blues, I think. I think that's quite interesting. Like you've, got, you've definitely got a good point with the Blues in, insofar as the massive collapse they had to start the season, if that counts as a collapse, like a massive lull for the middle. Yeah. But I think, I think for the Blues, where they are now, back where they rightfully should be, I think to an extent it's that, that lull was more of an anomaly now. And this is back to the norm. So making the playoffs isn't necessarily obviously it's a massive achievement to go from thirty first in this calendar year to making the playoffs. But I think there's probably some element of renewed expectation from the start of the season, in the sense of like, oh look, this is what this team actually is. Therefore, yeah, we'd like to win a playoff round if we possibly can, given the talent we've assembled. Um, yeah, you got a point. You got a point. 
I'm, I'm absolutely with you on the on the Hurricanes. Like it's been 13 years since they made the playoffs. If there's ever a fan base that's just going to be happy to, you know, similarly to how, how Winnipeg were a few years ago and they got swept by the Ducks, they were just happy to be there because they've been there in donkey's years. Yeah. So same for the Hurricanes. With the with the Islanders, I <laughs> if there's one thing we've learned about Islanders fans this year, and I'm sure a lot of people knew before this year, but they're absolutely batshit crazy. So I think if they go out in the first round, it's going to be unacceptable. <laughs> I, th- I think I think Islanders fans will only be happy with like an Eastern Conference final out. the The only other team that I'd thought of that you hadn't mentioned were uh, were the Avalanche, because I mean, as much as they were in, yeah, you know, in the playoffs last season, I still think a lot of people saw this year as, yeah, you know, it's not necessarily you know progress isn't a straight line as they always say. So I think it's still an achievement for, for the Avalanche to make it this year, if they do make it. So I think if the Avalanche get in, I think you know, their fan base won't strictly be expecting to win and get through to the second round, uh, especially if they come up against the play Calgary Flames. So yeah, I think I think you can chuck the Islanders, uh, sorry, Islanders Aval- Avalanche fans in there as well, potentially. See, I'm not sure, because I think once you make the playoffs... If you make the playoffs again the next year, I think the fans almost it's almost expected now that you're gonna be in the postseason. I see I do see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. If you if you'd looked at the Avalanche team at the start of the season and said I mean you haven't even you wouldn't have even thought they've had one good line. You would have said they've got two great players on a line. Then it turns out that line is unbelievable. But I think once I've once they have qualified for playoffs last year, the fans would have thought well, yeah, we'll be in the playoffs. We'll grow. We'll get a bit of ex- we've had that a bit of experience. Everyone thought the Preds were going to beat us four nil. Ended up being a lot closer than that. So maybe I don't even know. Subconsciously is the right word or not? But I wonder if Avs fans would have expected them to be back anyway, having that experience of being there last year. I do. I do see what you're saying though. I agree. There's a difference between expecting to be back and expecting to win a round against because coming coming as the eighth seed again. Yeah, to take the take the top seed in the Western Conference, like that's a that's a big ask even for for a team that is improving like the Avalanche. Are. Let me but ask I, you I this, think, right? I was just going to say, I think that we could we could both agree the unanimous answer is is Hurricanes. What if the Canadians make it? We've, we've slagged off that West. We've slagged off that Western Conference playoff race all year for being as as bad as it is, but it was still super close. And now the West is essentially locked up. I think what the Coyotes are two points back of the Avs. Sorry, they're yeah. four points back of the Avs with two games left. They're not making up those. They're just not going to get in. Well, I mean, they're just, I just can't see it. I just can't see it. But anyway, you look to the East now. Pittsburgh ninety-seven points. Carolina ninety-five. Columbus ninety-four. Canadians ninety-four. I mean, that's a, not, that's a nice little playoff race. That is. Ideally, what we want to happen is we want Carolina to win, Columbus to win, Montreal to win, and then Pittsburgh to lose. So it's 97, 97, 96, 96. <laughs> That's what we want. Oh, mate. Who would, who would win out on that then? It'd be Dude, uh, no the, the Canadians would still miss on uh, on ROWs, would they? Where's the old ROW gun? Or is ROW 41, oh, yeah. 44, 42, 41. Yeah, yeah, they would. So it'd, it'd just stay as is. But then, obviously, going to the last game of the season, if they're all separated by one point, four teams separated by one point, and you never know what goes on, that'll be something. Mate, mate, mate. So the Avalanche, what? for their last two games, yeah, 
Any guesses that they've got for their last two games? They've got to play the Coyotes, at least one of them, right? Nope. Oh, okay, I think they say that. It's going to be somebody good then, oh, so that, probably... That would be beautiful, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So it would be like Calgary and Winnipeg or something. Uh, close enough. Winnipeg and the Sharks. <sighs> Ooh. I know. You don't, you don't like that, do you? And, uh, oh, I'm just going to double check. No, because the Coyotes are playing Vegas tonight or tomorrow night. Oh, yeah, the... <laughs> yeah, the Yokes have the, have the Knights and the Jets. Yeah, there's no way they're doing that's, it. That's a <laughs> they're, both gonna, pro- they're both going to lose both those games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they absolutely are. Absolutely. Like, they're going to get stuffed, and um, and that'll be that. Do you know what I feel as well? Right. I feel as though looking at looking ahead to the playoffs a little bit in the East, is, and the question is obviously who, which team's fan base wouldn't mind going out in the first round. Boston and Toronto just have the easiest out whichever of them goes out in the second round to the Lightning. <laughs> it's just like, well, yeah, of course we're going to lose to the Lightning. What do you expect? <laughs> there's, almost, there's almost the shackles are off with either of those teams, whichever one gets through. It's like, ah, whatever. Yeah, what but, that, no, but then there's, there's still like the expectation for both fan bases that you know, each of their teams is going to go through to the second round. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh, yeah. I think both of them would be very annoyed to go out in the first round for different reasons. Yeah, they, they'd be thoroughly annoyed if they don't get knocked out by the Lightning and get knocked out by <laughs> yeah, the other one. By the other one. But we'll talk about that next week when we when we do our playoff previews. When, uh, we when find, we're all locked in. We're all locked in and we'll have our brackets as well. We'll have our brackets for which one of us ends up walking around oh, a major city with a sandwich board on. Proclaiming oh, the other yeah. one's brilliance. <laughs> you forgot about I, I knew that. there was. I knew there was even more reason to um, be to very trust about making a bra- bracket. <laughs> Dude, as well, you can't just go to your local town. I have to go to Manchester. You have to go to Norwich. Is your closest town, I guess. My closest town is uh, like major the village of Hoverton. No, yeah, you can uh, go to, you need to go to a major, yeah, a major city. Sorry, I'm not having you going to some local fucking <laughs> Yokelsville, Royston Vasey or some shit. <laughs> I've never even heard of that. Like, you're making things up, aren't you? No, you, you've seen League of Gentlemen, the comedy show. No, mate. Ah, oh, fair enough then. It's a, it's a it's a little it's based around a little town full of very strange odd people. It's a comedy show, with lots of sketches, but all the people live in the town and they're all very odd and very weird. Sounds, sounds a lot like any town in Norfolk, really. Yeah, so to say, yes, yeah, so you have to go to Norwich and I have to go to Manchester to do it. We can, we'll discuss that next week. Yeah, well, uh, we'll start mocking up designs of your sandwich board. <laughs> Thank you very much. So my answer was the Blues, and yours was the Hurricanes. Yeah, Hurricanes, without a doubt. All right, there we go. Should we start the show then? Probably should. that time of the week it's the smooth recap being interviewed on the ice after a game robin laner channels his inner austin powers saying playoffs baby he then channels his inner northern englishman by adding fucking right into the microphone an incredible goal was scored in the western conference this past week 
a highly skilled play involving a between the legs shot on one foot which stunned the goalie. Hats off to you, Essa Lindell. The saying is the enemy of my enemy is my friend, and this was no more apparent than in the game between the Rangers and the Devils, as their fans unite over a hatred of themselves, in a we both suck chant. Hats won't be the only things coming off in Scandinavia, as Oliver Eklund Larsson will be starring in the next season of Sweden's The Bachelor. Let's see if his ability to score follows him off the ice. I mention them every week because somehow in the salary cap era, they continue to take the piss. But the Tampa Bay Lightning are only the third team in history to record 60 wins in a season. Someone lacking the ability to score is Alex Chasen whose shootout attempt sailed so far over the crossbar is currently trapped in near orbit with the Earth. Brad Marchand is the leader of the Shorties. Sorry, the leader in Shorties, as he scores his 26th shorthanded goal, a Bruins franchise record. Near orbit contains no stars, but Chris Chelios is the latest NHL star to have a Sun suit up for an NHL game. This year has so far featured appearances from sons of Nylander, Kachuk, Felino, Patuzzi, Domi, Lemieux, Parise, Wallenin, Suter, Stachny and now Chelios. Cam Atkinson sets a record in Columbus as the jackets are blue but his shooting balls aren't as he's only the second player in Blue Jackets history to score 40 goals in a season. Almost as impressive as their 26th season playoff streak it's a 10-year drought since the Red Wings last had a 30-goal scorer on the roster. Fortunately, Dylan Larkin broke that streak this past week. And that was your smooth recap. Okay. I thought the Ekman Larson thing was an April's Fools. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't look into oh, it. I didn't mate. look into it, but I assumed it was. <laughs> Dude, that's so staying in. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh, mate. I was so ch- I was so- as soon as I read the headline, I thought, oh, that's, that's perfect. Oh, yeah, I loved it. As soon as I saw it, I was oh, my God, that's so cool. And it makes sense. Of course, he'd be a massive star in Sweden. He's a you know a great defenseman playing in the NHL. That makes so much sense if he's single to get him on that show and like in the off-season. Oh, <laughs> and then I thought, mate. oh, hang on a minute. It's April Fool's, isn't it? So I checked the mentions and everyone just was like, oh, you're not going to get me. Well done. Good try. Maybe next year. I just thought, ah, oh, nuts. I was a bit sad. But that's great. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate. That's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, well, there we go. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Have you got one in the cup? Next you're going to tell me oh, that Park Alex... No, I was just going to say, next you're going to tell me that Park Alex Jason shot isn't actually up in space. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not. It has landed. Sorry, oh, gravity's taken over, I'm afraid. Sake. I know, terrible. <sighs> Mate, full of factual inaccuracies. <laughs> Who's winning the cup? Winning the cup this week will be the Dallas Stars for a, a stellar week where they combined making the playoffs with hiring a cow to be a mascot for the team. Oh, I saw that cow's gorgeous. Good looking cow. Good looking cow. And I, Good I don't looking think you can cow. get much better than that. No. That's very true. Heard it here first, folks. Will, what's going to happen if one of our teams win? Oh, it won't be my team. What's going to happen if the Stars win the Cup this year on this I'll show? I'll be thoroughly baffled. Thoroughly, thoroughly baffled. It would, it would then become one Brit, one Puck. As I think if the Stars win the Cup, you might have a heart attack and die. I'll be doing the show by myself. 
I, th- I think I'd, I'd retire just because I'd <laughs> retire from hockey fandom because I don't think it'd be worth the major crash down to earth where they've missed the playoffs for the next six seasons. I've got one in the cup. We mentioned them already. It's the St. Louis Blues. To go from the worst team in the league in January to having a chance to win the Central, not just squeak into the playoffs, to win the Central. Amazing stuff. Absolutely amazing. So so this, this fan base you're, you think is going to be fine with a first round exit is in fact going to win the cup? Those two things are not mutually exclusive. You can have one without the other. It's not beyond the realms of possible. But dude, if they win that, they've got a game in hand over Nashville and Winnipeg. There'll be a three-way tie for the cent. There'll be a three-way tie for the central, which, considering where they started, is bizarre. It's just silly, really, isn't it? Yeah, it's very silly. All right, who's getting relegated? This week, I am going to relegate the uh, the Dallas Stars for <laughs> naming the aforementioned cow. Mike Mudano, which is just the most <laughs> low effort naming of a team cow I've ever seen. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. Puns are fabulous. We might fall out over this more than anything ever. Right? Oh, it's, it's <laughs> like not... Reeves Wilson, <laughs> um, fucking Marner. Who's the other geek? Canel. The other geek. Leon Drysidle. Drysidle. Mike Mudano is a fabulous name for that cow. It's amazing. What else would you call him? There's nothing wrong with the pun. Let's let's just keep it a bit more a bit more current. There was a, a guy on Twitter. I, f- I forget who it was. So apologies. I know you're not listening. Uh, <laughs> he offered offered up Muro Hayes Cow Nen. And what, what do you want? No, that? that's way too long. That's way too wordy for a pun. A pun should be sh- a pun should be short and sweet. There were plenty of other good ones. Mike Mudano. It's just boring. Yeah, but he's only like he's he's a legend. I get it, Mira well, Heskinen is a great player. The cow or Madano? Both. Like, cow's already a legend. Oh, if they lose, do they have to slaughter the cow? Are we thinking... Oh, <laughs> They're not playing Kazakhstan, mate. It's all right. They're not Barristan. That's what That is what I was thinking of. <laughs> that's what I was thinking of. <laughs> oh, Just got on the man. ice beforehand. Listen, if we don't win this game, this cow's going to get it. <laughs> so you fans had better cheer us on. <laughs> like, oh. you, know, you know when teams do that... Um, Last game of the season, like jersey off our backs thing. <laughs> <laughs> just handing out steaks. After after they've done that, just Gudis comes out and chops the cow's head off. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Radko Mudis. Ah, oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm oh, applauding mate. myself on that one. <laughs> that was incredible. He doesn't play Thanks for, for the listening start, to but... a show this week, ladies and gents. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Good night. <laughs> There, there were right, some then. other really good ones, but um, yeah, Mike Medano didn't move the needle for me. Not not interested. Low hanging fruit. I'm surprised. I think I think that's decent. I think that's decent. But anyway, who's getting relegated? Who, uh, who are you relegating? I'll go first, and I'll go first. And all right. But I, I just I just relegated the stars. You know. Oh, listen. sorry. Of course you did. Bloody that's yeah, what that whole um, whole argument was all about. The whole thing was oh. about yeah. Jesus. It's cliche, but they're officially out of the playoffs. I'll have more on this in a bit. I'm not going to say anything else. I'm relegating the Edmonton Oilers. There we go. I'll have more on this in a minute. I, but, I don't think you're the only one who's relegating the Oilers. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see the interview then that I might be referencing coming up in a bit? I, I may or may not have seen some choice quotes from a potential interview that may or may not have taken place after after a game when a certain player was looking with a thousand yard stare into his future. 
Yeah, okay, we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> How many starters you got? Uh, I've got a trio of starters because okay. I'm a you fat go. pig. You go first then. I first want to start Alexander Ovechkin and congratulate him for having 50-50 goal seasons in a row. Um, <laughs> very impressive feat by the young man. Here's to many more. Ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. How, how many actually was it? Eight, nine? Something like that? I think it's nine. Ten. It's the most ever, isn't it? It's the most ever anyway, isn't it? That's just silly, isn't it? He's second all time, which is just bonkers. I feel, I feel it'll be a, a bit of a glass-shattering moment if he does break the Gretzky record. Because I think there's something about the 80s and early 90s, like, for, for a lot of fans, especially the younger lot, Gretzky's, like, in this bubble, isn't he? He's a great one. He No one will ever be as good as Wayne Gretzky. And I know, you know, just because Ovi scores more goals than he did doesn't mean he's as good as Gretzky in any way, shape or form. But there's just... I don't know, there's something about the fact that he has essentially every single individual record to see one broken by a modern player will be, I don't know, a bit weird, wouldn't it? It would be very weird. It'd be I very want to weird. see it happen, but it'll be a, a bit of a... It is, it is it is possible it is possible as we said before players are playing longer now a player's peak is not necessarily sort of 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 you can if you mm. take care of yourself and look after yourself and go on two month benders after winning the cup you can definitely play until, until you're 40 it's just if you can keep up that accuracy or that power because he's that kind of guy that just rips it past the keeper isn't he from well from wherever actually but he's, but, he's got a pinpoint shot as well though yeah, a, that's a thing. And you, you think, you know, is it 50 goals again? So we've got no reason to expect he's going to slow down any anytime soon. No, this was after his decline three seasons ago. <laughs> yeah, after, after he finally fell off and, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, after he finally started to become human. It's, it's a good thing the capital was traded in. I'd trade at their peak, That's, as me and you always say, Will. Trade players at their peak so you can get trade, the best return. Trade them today before the playoffs yeah, start. Absolutely, trade them now. I'm gonna some, Something else to do with the goals is my first starter. I'm going to start Vince Dunn for the... I've just realised the, <laughs> the Blues again. As they scored a, his, he scored a, an OT winner against, I think it was the Devils in midweek. And after he scored in OT, he kind of collided with defenceman and goalie and sort of did a roll onto the ice and skidded along. And I'm starting this goal because if you score a goal and end up having to slide or skid afterwards, it always looks pretty cool. I always think those goals look really good. Big, big up Vince Dunn. I love a, I love a goal with a slide afterwards or a roll. It's always it's always more exciting. So, um, you're, you're a traditionalist when it comes to celebrations then. You're, you're one for the older sliding on the knees afterwards. I'm more of a simpleton is how I look at it, Will, is that <laughs> player scores goal... Immediately after, because of collision or something, player skids and I go, oh, he fell over afterwards. That's really cool. So it's just my simple brain, unfortunately. For, no. for my next starter, Dan, I'm going to squeeze in a little helping of Nikita Kucherov. Oh, as yes. um, It was pointed out that even if Kuch had scored half as many points as he has this season, he would still be the leading the Ottawa Senators in points scored, which I think is, <laughs> is nice for it, isn't it? No way. Yeah. yeah. If he had half as many points, still be the top scorer on the sense. Crazy. That's amazing. There was a, there, yeah, there was the start at half. No, when the Lightning got to 100 points, was, I can't, it, might have been, it might have been Pete Blackburn that was one of my favourite stats so far is the Lightning have got to 50 points twice before the Sens have got to it once. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just thought was so good. That's just great. 
Oh, mate, they should um, <laughs> they should try and enter a thirty-second team next year, <laughs> just to play as like a placeholder until um, until Seattle come in. Yeah, and just play like a split squad, like Real Madrid B. <laughs> yeah. well, be, no, because it'd be them two in the final somehow. We just are surprised. <laughs> yeah, Even just, the Lightning just call up Syracuse, fill out fill out the two teams with them, and um, yeah, it'd still run rampant. Something else my simple brain enjoyed this week was some silky skills from one of my favourite players, uh, Mr. Ryan Reeves, if you will, who, when playing the Sharks, managed to dangle past uh, Jonas Donskoy, who then uh, proceeded to obliterate his own teammate, which always gets a laugh from me. Always gets a laugh. I'd love to see that on the next Donskoy bobblehead. I think that'd be quite a good thing to see. (laughs) What, when he's scratched again? Yeah, it's going to be perfect. Poor bastard. But that was so, so graceful from Ryan Reeves, the man who's, who's quite literally the size of an outhouse. I don't. No wonder Donskoy's getting scratched. How do you miss Ryan Reeves? It's not like it's not like it's not like Nathan Herbie or something who's you know you can he can almost kind of squeeze past you or like duck underneath or something. Ryan Reeves is the size of a shed, so you think yeah, but like. It, it's not like but it wasn't even that skillful. It wasn't even that skillful a move. He just kind of moved a bit. And Donsko just missed him somehow. Phase shifted through Donsko's jersey. It was insane. <laughs> he dropped a smoke pellet and disappeared. <laughs> Bruce Wayne, Ryan Reeves. Where did he go? Nobody knows. Can't make uh, Ryan okay. Reeves as Batman. That'd be right, wouldn't it? I think he's like that already. But you, he's the Ryan Reeves fights uh, fights crime in his spare time. Yeah, he's the hero the NHL needs. <laughs> What's that line Batman has at the end of the, the second one? I'm the hero this place doesn't deserve or doesn't need. I'm the hero it deserves or something like that. That's Ryan Reeves, what he did to Tom Wilson. <laughs> Let's move on. My my final starter to finish it off. Uh, you've already touched on it. I'm, I'm going to start quadruple, a quad, quadra, a quad, a quartet. A quartet of fans, Toronto and Ottawa, and then the Rangers and Devils fans for that those joint chants. You've already said Rangers and Devils had the we both suck, but uh, I love the Toronto and Ottawa coming together to to chant at Eugene Melnick, sell your team. Just beautiful. <laughs> fans, fans joining forces against a common enemy is always a good thing. It's fantastic. It's beautiful. Peace in our time. Peace in our time. All right. How many scratches you got? Uh, I've got a pair of scratches. Oh, I've got three, so I'll, so I'll start then. I feel I have to scratch. It, it's a bit unfair because he's a first-time head coach and making decisions like this can be tricky. But I'm going to scratch Bob Murray, who forgot to unscratch Jake Dotchin on the lineup card, which led to Jake Dotchin getting pulled from the game, which meant the Ducks then had to play with five defencemen for the rest of the game against Edmonton, which luckily they were playing Edmonton. So of course the Ducks won with five defensemen because they're playing Edmonton and that's fine. Yeah, that's not good, is it? So power move if you ask me. <laughs> Jake's been giving Jake's been giving Bob some side eye. So Bob's like, alright you fucker, I'll show you. It's a it's a combination of putting Jake Dutchin in his place and saying to the Oilers whatever. <laughs> we, we, we might be shit. I didn't think of it that worse. way. Yeah, I don't think of it that way. <laughs> That's even funnier. You want to watch yours? My first one's going to be, uh, I'm going to scratch miscommunication in the media, as I still don't know if Tim Peel is retiring at the end of the season or not. I just don't know what's going on. Yeah, me neither. No idea. 
I looked into it. Okay. I must admit, I didn't. I didn't delve into it too deeply, as it's referee news. And as much as I appreciate the work of the zebras, I don't care that much. So, if anybody, if anybody wants to fill us in, that'd be that'd be great, and we could have a, a definite answer. But at the moment, who the hell knows? I, th- I think he's not retiring. <laughs> maybe it's like a mafia retirement. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're just going to whack him. <laughs> just gonna. <laughs> He's been retired in in, in quotes. <laughs> retired. They're, they're gonna they're gonna give him cement skates and uh, <laughs> and throw him into the ring, but forget that the the water's frozen. So he's just gonna be standing like game one next year. He's just gonna be standing there in his cement skates. I'm I'm not dead yet. I'm just really hungry. So Tim, for the off season, we're planning on improving our uh, physical ability. What we thought we'd do is we get outside into the fresh air. We're going to go skating on some lakes in Canada. Is that okay? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, if you just wear these skates, they're, they feel a bit heavy, but they're okay. This 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 lake seems a bit like the ice seems a bit soft. Is that okay? Yeah, you'd be fine. You'd be fine. Off you go, Tim. Off you go. Just just skate as far as you can, and then and then come back. And off Tim goes, and then bloop, he's disappeared forever. There we go. Bye bye, Tim. You've just been retired. It's a good way to go out, to be honest. Not quite a Viking funeral, but Canadian <laughs> funeral. Canadian, that's a Canadian funeral. You just push, <laughs> you just push the casket across a frozen lake, and then when it drops under the ice, that's it. Everyone can go home. Oh my god! My second scratch is TSN radio. The whole thing. A, 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 the whole thing. No, no, actually, no, no. One person who talked on the show. I'm, I didn't check to see who it was. I wasn't. I was only half paying attention, but I was listening to it. <laughs> It was it was a YouTube it was like a clip on uh, the TSM website, and it was from a Twitter link. So I just clicked on the link, and I was doing something else while I was listening. But as I was listening, I was like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Anyway, apologies to whoever his name it was. You're not listening, so it doesn't matter. A question was asked: Who's got a better chance in three years at a cup, Vancouver or Edmonton? One of the presenters picked Vancouver, the other guy picked Edmonton. Initially, I already had a problem with this because. He picked Edmonton. His his then reason for picking Edmonton just got me hot under the collar and frustrated. And he said he picked Edmonton because they have McDavid and Dreisaitl. Yeah. I'm not sure if this guy's aware of this, but they already have those players. And they've had them for a few years now. And they're still nowhere near winning a cup. I feel at least Vancouver have a better chance because they've at least got prospects coming through and talent coming through. Thought, thoughts on this, Will? I, d- I really wanted to um, argue with you because you were because you were slagging off Leon Drysdale, but no, it's it's got to be the the Canucks, isn't it? Yeah, Pettersson, Besser, Bo Horvat already. Quinn Hughes is coming up. Other players, I'm sure, exist. Thatch I don't think I do particularly goalie as well. Yeah, the, yeah, that's that's Demko. Even Mikey Dipietro, that's Demko doesn't work out. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think either will win within the next three years in any stretch of the imagination. No. But I think the, the Canucks are being a final first out of the two. Yeah, I completely agree. I just <laughs> picking them because they've got McDavid and Drysidle is... <laughs> Dude, they already have them. <laughs> They're terrible. I, They're I an awful, that... awful team. They already have them. The thought, I suppose, is, is like, you know... It's like saying picking the penguins because they've got McDa- um, McDavid, Crosby, and uh, and Malkin. Like, you, know, you can't really bet against them when they've got McDavid because anything can happen. No, you can. <laughs> oh, you really can because they've already got McDavid. They've already had him. 
do you know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe it's a coaching change or something. Maybe maybe the others need to find their Mike Sullivan or something. I'm not sure. A guy who can come in and maybe and they also need their own Jim Rutherford as well. De- definitely. Well, you think there was that five six year stretch between cups for uh, for the Penguins and they still have Crosby and Malkin during those times. They just had to sort sort it all out, really. I suppose, but I don't know. But it doesn't yeah, fit your I narrative, does it? Doesn't fit your narrative, does it, Dan? You mainstream media. <laughs> Speaking of McDavid, as we talked about his interview after the after the, I want to say the Vegas game or the or the Ducks game, some sort of hockey game involving the Oilers. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those games recently where they've lost. So I mean, just take your pick. It, there's many options. It was the game where the Oilers had been eliminated from the playoffs, it, sort of mathematically, and <laughs> the. One of the people in the scrum says to McDavid, so with tonight's loss, you've been eliminated mathematically. And he just he just scoffs under his breath, as if to say, yeah, of course we fucking have. Got, and then, got eliminated and then, six months ago, mate. And then someone, yeah, and then someone else says to someone, another reporter says to him, when did you know you'd been mathematically eliminated? And McDavid went, just now, from the, from the reporter. It's like, oh my God. And, but then, and then he said, yeah, it doesn't matter, does it? We've been out of it for ages. It doesn't matter. Dude's broken. The dude is oh, he broken. Is. He, if you, if, if you can hear about... my voice, watch him in that interview. He just develops, like I said before, he just develops a thousand-yard stare and just says, it's going to be a long summer. Uh, maybe just a comment. Uh, you guys were mathematically eliminated from the playoff race tonight, but you have really been clicking as a team. Can that be carried over the next season? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Uh, maybe. Let's see. It doesn't really matter. Uh, when did you guys find out it was official? Was it in the first period or that you guys were eliminated? I found out uh, when well, just now. Just now, but uh, yeah, it was, it was never really a question um, at this point. So. Now that it is official, like, what's your your sense of it? I know it sucks, but can you kind of? Uh, yeah, it sucks. Obviously, just uh, it's not good enough uh, all year. You know, we we, uh, we let streaks drag on. We let uh, you know uh, the times where, where we can find ways to get wins drag on. Um, you know, you got to find a way to to stop the, the bleeding um, yeah. quick. Um, you know, it's a, a slim slim margin of error in this league and. Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that are right there, and you know we uh, we did our best to, to stay in the fight, just uh, a little too late. Um, well, it was funny because as bad as things went, it was it was there for you almost. I mean, it's been a, it's been an insane season. You know, um, coaching change, team change, you know, you know good times and, and bad times. It's been a roller coaster. Um, it's been emotionally challenging. Um, it's been uh, you know hard mentally um, to. To kind of keep uh, keep on going, you know, um, you know, but we were always kind of right there, you know, we we were close, and then we'd find it drift away, and um, so it goes. Your frustration level is probably fairly high. It's really high. It's uh, it's really really high. Um, you know, it's it's frustrating. You know, uh, we want to play in the playoffs as a team. I personally want to play in the playoffs. Um, it's uh, I'm not not happy about it. It's uh, it's gonna be long time. Oh, mate, because he's such a warrior, such a warrior. I've got so much time for, for McDavid, but he's uh, he's not living his best life at the moment, is he? I'll say. Jesus Christ. 
He well, goes on to say about how he's um, oh, sorry. really f- uh, frustrated. I want to be playing playoff hockey. McDavid, I want you to be playing playoff hockey. <laughs> I'm not even an Oilers fan. I don't give a shit, really. But I want you in the playoffs. That'd be awesome. I think uh, I think the petulant McDavid needs to learn that we don't always get what we want, Connor. So, uh, See? Typical millennial. Typical millennial. No. I want, I want, I want. Think about well, what you deserve, Connor. <laughs> Dude, we can't talk about what he deserves. He deserves so much better than this. Um, clearly not. I'm a believer in something oh, yeah. called karma, Dan. And karma, clearly, yeah. Connor has uh, been a naughty boy. In a past life, he did something wrong. <laughs> a really, really, really bad li- past life. Yeah, I'll say. Bloody hell. Maybe, maybe he did a... Maybe he, yeah, maybe he Robert Johnson did. Maybe he sold his soul to the devil. Oh, definitely. Yeah, for... I'd, I'd do anything to play in the NHL. Mm. Yeah. Mm. He met the devil at the crossroads and sold his soul to play in the NHL, but the devil said there'll be a price. And McDavid said, what is the price? And the devil went, I'm not telling you yet. <laughs> and every night, McDavid oh. goes home and looks at his piece of paper, I owe you one soul. Shit. <laughs> your friend has a hot take, Will. Oh, he from... does? Yeah. Tell, tell everyone about your friend, George. Uh, my friend, George... He he's a died in the wool Oilers fan from Massachusetts. He told me how that happened, but I've have forgotten. But absolute diehard, diehard Oilers fan. A bit frustrated this season, Dan. A bit frustrated last season as well. And come to think of it, yeah, the year before that as well. So this week, this week I was talking to George. I was talking to George. He, he took a. We were full disclosure. We were warming up for our, our weekly weekly scrimmage. Roller scrimmage, skates over to where I'm stretching. He's just just starts going, just starts going with his Oilers thoughts, and um, the the takeaway choice quote from George this week was, "I can't wait until McDavid leaves." I just thought, oh, oh George, and he meant Please. that in it, just to give it a bit of context. He meant it in the say, sense yeah. of, "He can't wait until McDavid." asks to leave because that's the only thing that's going to affect any change in the actual organisation. He doesn't think that David's the issue. He doesn't want to see him gone, but he wants to see him gone because that will be the... he Hopefully, the final nail in the coffin of this absolutely diabolical ownership and management group. Let me follow George's hot... Shout out to George. Let me follow George's hot take with my own hot take. Well, it's not even a hot take. It's probably a lukewarm take, to be honest. Even if McDavid asks for a trade and leaves, nothing's going to change. Do you know why? We've said it a million times. It's the NHL. You can't be punished for being a bad team. In fact, you'll get rewarded for being a bad team. <laughs> you get rewarded time and time again. Conor McDavid. Exactly. And Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Taylor Hall, <laughs> of all people. And sometimes Neil Yakupov. <clears throat> That's very true. As I've said before, there's no punishment for being a bad hockey team. There really isn't. If your fans are still attending games, then there's no punishment. Now, if fans stop going, that will that will affect change because then that will hit pockets. But Edmonton fans aren't aren't going to stop going to games, and and nothing would happen if you left. They'd just be a bad team again until they got the next McDavid, and then it'd be, oh, and man. then it'd be not bad but just a bit less bad. Until that guy got pissed off, and so on, and so on, and so on, and, and, and in perpetuity, because there's no relegation, there's no fear of losing crowds or losing money or losing anything. You just keep going round and round in a big circle. 
So I think even if he left, I don't think anything had happened, to be honest. I think there is there is fear of losing money for some teams, but the Oilers are not one of those teams. Yes, that's what I'm... Yeah, the Oilers are not one of those teams for sure. For, for a team that sold standing room only tickets for the concourse for the last time they were in the playoffs... Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think revenue's ever going to be an issue. But um, I'd love, I'd love for McDavid to leave the Oilers for one reason, and one reason only, just to see the the Oilers fans turn on him, like the Oilers Oilers fans did Tavares. I think now this might be a hot take. I think if McDavid left, but did it in the case of I'm asked, I've asked for a trade, if he just came out tomorrow and just said I can't take it here anymore. The organisations run terribly. I've asked for a trade. I genuinely don't think any Oilers fans would be annoyed at him. No. If he, if he was up front about the fact that, look, yeah. I can't... This is why I want to leave. And I, I can't yeah. keep doing this. I can't. <laughs> Most Oilers fans would be like, yeah, we want to leave too, but we can't. Yeah. So you get out of there. Save yourself, <laughs> Connor. <laughs> it's like in those army films where they're running away and one of them gets shot. It's like, run! Save yourself! Leave me here! No! Don't <laughs> yeah. come back for me! Poor Con- I've said this before. I-, I can't believe I have sympathy for a guy making 12.5 mil a year. But I do. I have so much sympathy. <laughs> do-, do you think this- you have a better life than Conor McDavid does right now? <sighs> oh my god, that's an amazing question. Or do you to think everybody, you enjoy to everybody, To everybody listening to this right now, ask yourself the same question. Because on the face of it, you would say, well, no, of course I don't. He makes he makes all he makes twelve and a half million dollars a year. How can I have a better life than him? But imagine the absolute pain and misery he must feel going into work every day. Money cannot. This is absolutely the truth, as we've seen with the unbelievable spate of famous people killing themselves. Like you would think they have everything they could ever want in their life, but it's not. There's something missing. It's not enough. Can you imagine being kind of oh, great? You get to go back to a. Hold on a second, Dan. Sorry, go on, go on. I'm trying to make some jokes about um, Conor McDavid here, and you're. Uh, oh, sorry. You're bringing up <laughs> some very serious topics such as suicide, which sorry. is, is going to make it very hard for me to feel morally, morally, you know, right when I make jokes about <laughs> Conor McDavid in a minute. Sorry, you know what I'm saying. You get what I'm saying. That I always, t- I always take things to the t- too far. Obviously, again. Just a touch. Let's put it this. Yeah. yeah. Let's put it this way then. You you work an office job, all right. You don't hate it, you don't love it, but it's just work. You got to work every day, whatever. But you come home, you got a nice life, a couple of kids, they're fun. You got good friends, they make you laugh. It's all okay. But he goes to work every day, just hating it, hating it, just wishing. He's now got, he's now got five months of just nothingness and emptiness. While these other guys he's played hockey with, these other players he's played with, who he's so much better than. And that's the thing as well. He's so much better than 99% of these players that are going to be playing in the playoffs. And he just goes home every day. He'll be doing his fucking workouts in the off-season, just thinking, oh, God, what am I doing? What am I doing? He's going to go back to his huge house and he's not going to give a shit about all his money. He's not going to care what car he drives. He would trade. He would trade all of it. And this will bring us on something in a minute. He would trade all of his money 
and make he'd be happy making league minimum if he gets to win a cup or two cups. So you work your office job, you're in your office job, and you quite like the job itself. But yeah, the work is is something that you've always wanted to do. The problem is in in your uh, your company, you're the most skilled person in your company at the at the job itself, the most competent. All all your colleagues, yeah, all your peers are are useless for the most part, and not yeah. really uh, helping you achieve the goal that you're trying to achieve as a company. The company's failing. Your bosses are are idiots. The owner's an idiot. You're the only one coming into work every single day trying your absolute damnedest to make this company a success. But there's nothing you can do because there's so much dead weight around you. And you're not allowed to leave that job. Oh my god. That's That's got to be the worst thing. That, is, oh. that has to be the worst thing. Oh, mate. Are we going to look back? Are we going to look back in it? I can't believe I'm going to say this. There's no way they can't not make the playoffs, right? They have to make the playoffs in the next few years, don't they? I thought, I thought you were going to say this year. I was like, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> in the next, in the next two or three years, they've got to make the playoffs at least once, aren't they? But is because that, even are we going to look back in a few years and look at that contract and say, God, if only he'd not signed that contract, other teams would have like oh. taken him off their hands. But they can't afford to take him off. They can't afford to take him on. And there's no way the Oilers are going to be like, we'll pay half his salary, we'll pay $6.2 million <laughs> to the best player in the league to not play here. No! Oh my God. It's like he's even, in prison. Even without respects to like a, a trade, because I'm sure 12 million is a big cap here, but teams would make that work. Yeah, anybody... Look, we said it before, if Gretzky can get traded, anybody can get traded. Absolutely. The problem with that contract is, as we've said before, like... He's now stuck there. If he'd have just signed like a, a three year or four year, he could have he's not getting to any sort of free agency for another seven years. Oh my god. Not even restricted. And that's like that's absolutely crazy. Absolutely crazy. And 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 what if he holds out? Because <laughs> <laughs> he used to get he used to get hold hold outs where, you know, players wanted yeah. to renegotiate their deal. Yeah. Obviously, under the CBA, McDavid's not allowed to renegotiate his deal. But what if he just holds out? He's like, "Nah, trade me, buy me out. I'm not, I'm not coming." What happens then? Imagine, dude, my brain just imploded at the actual what? prospect of thought of him doing that. What's that waivers that um, Patrick Berglund was on earlier this year? Like the um... oh yeah. The... Yeah, but that's different, isn't it? That's different. That's that. That's then due to a medical, and it's, well, it's, it's a medical about? issue essentially. He he was severely depressed. Oh yeah, it's, that's it. it's high rate. Yeah, he was. That, that so that's different, isn't it? That's not just you. Oh, shit, I don't know. Because McDavid can't say I'm really depressed. Why? Because my team shit. <laughs> like I'm essentially the next coming of Jesus on ice and I am playing with a bunch of fucking donkeys from the nativity. That's not the same. <laughs> not even genuine donkeys. He, yeah, but you could, could hold out, though. Absolutely. Imagine Conor McDavid forces his own buyout. Oh, my God. We can't be far away because, man, he... I've said this. I'd said this before, but if any of you go and look at watch that interview after they get mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, he is completely broken. 
He's just lagging and yeah, like yeah, I know we're we're eliminated weeks ago. We've not we've not been good all season. We've been good and then terrible and good and then just bleh. I'm like, oh my god, you look so you look so unhappy. As a, as Donkey, uh, sorry, as Eddie Murphy said in the worldwide renowned film Shrek, Great uh, film. I'm a donkey on the edge. He is and a donkey. Conor David is a donkey in the edge. He's it's like yeah, He's... all, all jokes, like you said in that interview. I've never seen it. Like even Matt Duchesne wasn't that. In that sort of <laughs> mindset, was he? <laughs> nope. I love it. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable. It's, it's, it's great, isn't it? It's like Donald Trump. There's a tweet for everything. It's with it's between Edmonton and Ottawa. Result for everything. Yeah, between Edmonton and Ottawa, there's either Ottawa. It's either there's an off ice thing for everything, or in Edmonton, there's a result and a McDavid thing for everything. Here's a question: He would never say it because hockey players would never ever say it, but. McDavid must know how good he is, right? Oh, yeah. Like, he must go home and just throw his fucking bag across the room or his jacket or his keys or something. I'm playing with these absolute fucking idiots. What the fuck am I doing here? It's a fucking joke. I'm Connor McFucking David. (laughs) And I'm playing with this shit. Like, he must do, right? He must do. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I reckon he's got. Do you think he believes? Do you think he believes he's the best player in the world? In his heart, do you think he thinks? Yeah, I am the fucking best player in the world. I don't know. Now I reckon he still thinks Sid is the best. Yeah, but I reckon he he thinks he's better than everyone else. I think it's that thing that McDavid will not believe he's halfway near as good as Sid because he's not won a cup. Maybe that, and just the fact that like Sid's an OG and like. McDavid yeah. isn't you know what I mean it's that it's that just like respecting your elders kind of thing I guess yeah maybe maybe a couple of other players like he might not think he's as good as Ovi which he's obviously better than Ovi but just because of yeah like you said with the cups like, oh I haven't scored X amount of goals I haven't done this done that but I reckon yeah he's got to know that he's better than every other motherfucker in the league 99.9% of the players because then that makes it yeah, worse like doesn't a, it <laughs> That just makes it so much worse. Oh, yeah, like it's it's bad enough for like Matt Duchesne who was in. Yeah, he's he's a good NHL, but like he's he's middle of the pack sort of thing, isn't he? Like he's not. He's not particularly better than. Yeah, he's not even a number one centre in the league. I wouldn't say. You know what I mean? No, I no. Yeah, Matt Duchesne's not elite in my opinion. In, in no, no, way. not at all. Great, he's great, very player, good, but, but not yeah, elite. Very no, good, no, but he's, not elite. He's sort of yeah. top two hundred players in the league at the moment, at the very least. But yeah, for Connor, Connor looking around just like, you're all fucking shit. God. <sighs> that interview, Jesus, I can't... <laughs> I can't, I can't believe like it a... happened. Because one thing for Mo David to be having these sorts of feelings and thinking these things, but for him to already be at the breaking point where he's just like, I don't, I don't care about how it seems in public. I'm just going to, I'm going to let my feelings be known. It's the way that he doesn't care that they've not been mathematically eliminated and he doesn't know that until the reporter tells him that's just an absolute massive red flag that he's so sick of all of it he doesn't even care anymore to look at the standings he just knows they're not good enough and to it's the classic thing of as long as as long as there's mathematically a chance there's a chance so you just play as hard as you can and do as good as you can and maybe it'll come through and you never know miracles happen and blah, blah, blah. But 
the way he just laughs when the reporter says you're mathematically eliminated, he's just like, well, yeah, of course we fucking are. But he doesn't even know. He doesn't even know that they're mathematically eliminated at that point. Guarantee he tunes Hitchcock out whenever he's speaking. Probably guarantees everyone everything. out. It probably tunes everyone out. Yeah, just like, eh, whatever, what's the point? What does it matter? Poor Connor. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Connor, it's unbelievable. All right. Let's move on. What's your next scratch, Will? <laughs> I was, was going to say, I do have another scratch. Yeah, me too. <laughs> we're, we're barely going to get out of the bloody scheduled segments. Um, my, my last scratch, just just to keep it brief, uh, Vegas have lost five games in a row for the first time in franchise history, so fold the club, move them, move them to Quebec. See you later. It's the commentator's curse again. Do you remember what we said last week? Um, we said on Man vs. Coin Flip, and I, you said... The Sharks have lost six straight to some terrible teams, so they're bound to beat Vegas. And they did. <laughs> it's like, Christ almighty. Beautiful. My last scratch is, I'm going to scratch every professional writer, stroke, hockey commenter who laughed at the hiring of Rod Brindamore and Craig Berube. Now, who, who I would... Who laughed at Craig Berube? I would scratch Gosh. us, as we also laughed at those coaching hires. But we're not paid to do this. We're just two English dorks ranting on the internet into the ether. So it doesn't matter we're, what we say. We're allowed, if not encouraged, to be wrong. Yeah. We can be wrong all day. We're just we're just fans talking. Fans are stupid all the time, that's fine. But man, Rob Brindamore, Craig Berube, they caught some heat when they were hired. And now it's, look at um, it. It's kinda of worked out alright, isn't it, really? <laughs> it's okay. I fucking there was a quote there was a quote from one of the Hurricanes players. I cannot remember which one it was, but I I read it as a as a headline on Twitter. But it said something along the lines of Rod Brindamore's made us work harder and want it more. <laughs> and I was like, "Fucking hell, <laughs> Mister Intangibles <laughs> strikes again." If their team was in a training camp hadn't been named Team Grit and Team Grind, they wouldn't have had the season <laughs> they've had. Exactly. Okay, Team Defense, you're going to be Team Grind. Team Offense, you're going to be Team Pucks in Deep. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Well, you know it they're in the playoffs some news for this week a bit of a, a bit of a quiet week I feel there's only a couple of things I thought was really noteworthy I do want to as we had a new segment last week called Drew Doubt is a Salty Bastard and I love it this new segment has continued did you see his quote about the last four games for the Kings no no I haven't <laughs> he said somebody it was said, Burns' fault somebody said to somebody said to Drew Doughty can I talk to you about your last four games coming up in the regular season? He said, I wish you played all four games in a row, to be honest. I just want to get this over with. <laughs> That's so good. Fabulous. Isn't that fabulous? Dude, he's right though, isn't he? He's right. At this point, if you're a Kings player or a Sens player, you just want to fucking go home. Like, look, this is done. We're just done. Can we just leave? Can we leave it out, please? Do you yeah. reckon, um, reckon Doughty and McDavid are going to get together for counselling in the summer? God, maybe, maybe. Yeah, but that dude, that he's got two cups. <laughs> you can at least look back and think, God, I remember when we beat the Rangers. It was amazing. <laughs> I, had a, I had such a great time. I remember the parties afterwards. Yeah, what, what's McDavid got? Like, oh, I remember when I almost cried when I got drafted to the Oilers. Yeah, <laughs> at least that he's got something. But yeah, a great quote, Drew Doughty. Keep going. That is, that's good. That's good. Drew Doughty is good for the league. Even even if he's wrong a lot of the time and his salty takes, it's still good to have him throwing himself out there. Absolutely, absolutely. 
So, weirdly, after we talked about women's hockey the past two weeks, maybe we're... <laughs> Christ. Maybe we're the cause of this. Maybe we're cursed. I, I was, was going to say, I don't know if I want to touch on this, because I, yeah. I have to do some, uh, have a long, hard look in the mirror. Yeah, bloody hell. In a Sunday morning conference call that pretty much came out of nowhere, the CWHL was folded. There was a, a press release that as of May the 1st, 2019, it would cease to exist it was decided that the business model of the league was financially unstable. <laughs> Which was odd. The report came out last week that I think it was 175,000 viewers turned into the Clarkson Cup final. And everyone seemed to be really happy about the new, you know, about those figures. And, oh, look, it's maybe starting to go somewhere. But there you go. It's folded. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a massive shame to see, see a... a a league that was flourishing really from from sort of obviously not a financial standpoint but sort of from a community standpoint if you will like you know attendance was decent you know public interest was good i suppose it's it's just a tale of of how hard it really is to get a professional league off the ground from scratch really it's especially as as unfortunate as it is that this is the truth in in women's sport you know no matter what the sport is around the world women's sport is not as well attended as, as the men's counterpart is, it was always going to be an uphill struggle, and unfortunately, the WHL has, has fallen at the wayside. I just hope that you know the work, the real hard work put in by the people behind the scenes for both the team and teams and the league leads to, to better opportunities for those individuals in the future. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Danny Ryland, the uh, the commissioner of the NWHL, said that there's going to be two more teams in the NWHL next season in Toronto and Montreal. There's no word as yet if players from those teams in the CWHL are going to be joining up. Kerry Kaplan, I read an article on, I think it was Sportsnet or TSN. Kerry Kaplan, who's a president of a company that's consulted with like loads of teams in like loads of professional and amateur teams in Canada about the way they run their teams or run their leagues said that the league got its model wrong, essentially, as that it was done as a not-for-profit. She said that they should have had a franchise model with individuals or corporations as owners to then just keep pumping money in and, if need be, lose money for the first few years. Rather than... Because all, all six teams were league-owned, weren't they? Yeah. No, one, the one in China wasn't. Oh, yeah, of course. But, yeah, but the other that. Yeah, but the other five were, which then does makes it it does make sense. Yeah, so that's a lot of financial burden for the league to, to shoulder. To sort really. out. Yeah, exactly. And you got to think Again. if you're a team, if you're if you're sorry to cut you off, but just quickly, if you're no, you're fine. If you're a team that pulls in more revenue than your neighbouring team, and you've got to share the wealth, you'd be a bit. Hang on a minute, this is fucking bullshit. Why am I sharing the wealth for you? <laughs> we're doing what we should be doing and doing it well. It's a hard one because it, it puts a lot of uh, logistical strain on the league as well because you're essentially having to sort out employment for all of the... I'm sure there's an element of, of individuality for the for the teams and employees, but there's going to be more involvement when it's a league-owned team than if it wasn't. So, yeah, well, let's let's just hope that something something bigger and better rises from the ashes of the, of the CWHL and that... Uh, yeah, the fans and the players and the the employees of those teams get get something better to move on to. I do feel that going back to the NWHL, and I I, I agree with this point is that Danny Ryland said that she found it the, the commissioner she found it really hard 
to get any kind of sponsorship or financial leverage from corporations or individuals to the NWHL because they weren't the, the, these people she was asking for money who kept saying well what about what if the other league's really good and ends up being better than your league I don't want to waste my money I want to invest in a league I know is going to be there for the long term and it was I'm not trying to blame anybody but it was weird having trying to have two professional hockey leagues operating at the same level I get why it was done initially but that that was never going to work because again, like what you say, people, corporations and, and people who own and, and have lots of money, they're not just going to throw money into something on the off chance it might work. They want a guaranteed, this is that this is definitely going to work. And Danny Ryland said that hopefully now, if they can start to get a few more teams, and hopefully, hopefully, a lot of the women skaters who are in the CWHL can now go and join the NWHL and maybe a couple more teams as well as the two new ones this year can sort of pop up and we'll get maybe sort of 10, 11, 12 teams going that now because there's one league people will say yeah, we'll sponsor you you know, you can have our name around the boards, we'll give you X amount of dollars or whatever for you know for a three year deal or something and then at least that money then is going to one league and it's it's all clear cut Yeah, not, not that we particularly wanted either of the two leagues to win out over the other no, not at but all. But hope, hopefully, the the benefit of this is that the NWHL can can carry on in the wake of the CWHL and and pave pave the way for the future that both leagues would have envisaged. Envisaged, yeah, exactly. Whatever, whatever that word is. Did you see that Gary Bettman said they're going to significantly increase its contributions to the NWHL? Uh, I did. Did you see what the figures were? Uh I, I did. Well, it went. For, it was fifty eight thousand per per team or to the league per year. It was it was fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. That was it. Flat, wasn't it? To each league. They gave, yeah, and now they're going to give a hundred thousand to one league, which that's, to me that's dub- doubling. That's significant, isn't it? It is, but it's a bit of a backhanded. I'd call it a backhanded windfall, so to speak. Is that we were giving fifty thousand to each league. Now we're just going to put that money into the one league. I think a hundred thousand. It's. I said we said this the other week. I'm not saying the NHL should prop up this league, but a hundred thousand. I get it's better. It's better than nothing, but you know, when you've got fucking seventh D-man scrubs making six six hundred fifty thousand a year for one player. I don't know. Your uh, your boy Ryan Lambert's got the numbers here. Um. So, so Ryan Lambert's worked out it's effectively um, each NHL team paying $3,200 to the NWHL Fucking per year. Hell. It's naught, uh, sorry, yeah, 0.015% of the Seattle expansion fee. Uh, and it's 0.022% of league revenues this past year. So they are not even giving one 1% of 1% to uh, to the NWHL. So it's um yeah, L- L- Lambert Lambert compared it to a rounding error. That's effectively <laughs> yeah. And it ab- absolutely is like yeah. On one hand, yeah, sure at least they're giving them something, but on the other hand like that is almost insulting. 
It's like, yeah, it's if your mate says to you, I'm in financial trouble, could you lend me a chunk of money? And you say, yeah, here's 25 quid. Like, what? <laughs> no, it's, it's not, fucking, not, not it's even that. that. Here's, yeah. 50, here's 50p, mate. Here's 50p. It's better than nothing, isn't it? Now you're 50p towards your goal. Don't be able to. I've, I've seen a lot of... I've seen a lot of sort of women involved in hockey on Twitter talking about this is that they don't want a handout. They don't want to be seen to be sort of having to bow down to the NHL or Batman or whatever, but they're going to need something from somebody to really get them off the ground. Because as we said a million times, hockey's not exactly a cheap sport to run or participate in. You have to get a windfall from somewhere. And if it comes to the NHL, it comes from the NHL. I mean, it's either that or we just go back to it again. There's just there's just no women's hockey even talked about anywhere. At least, at least if you can get something, it's you know. Oh, it's the one where if if the NHL wasn't such an evil empire, it would be more of a cut and dry, like easier pill to swallow taking that money. Because yeah, no, nobody wants to take charity. Yeah. But um, yeah, at some point, you know, if if people need help and and. Yeah, for the for the greater good, taking a taking a significant investment from the NHL is gonna hopefully be better for the women's game. Just to touch back on that hundred K a year that they're offering. Yeah. Um so twenty three man roster in an NHL team. Yeah. Uh so seven hundred and thirteen active players in the league. Um League minimum salary this year, 15% of the salary being given to one of the shittest players in the league. It's awful that the CWHL has, has had to fold, but this could be what the women's game as a whole needs sort of thing. Yeah, two steps back, sorry, two steps forward and one back. Yeah, hopefully. If... if the NHL acts acts accordingly, which so far bloody well hasn't. And Joe, you know, the right steps forward are taken. It could turn out to be. I'm I'm loath to say just what the women's game needs, but it could be it a might be. in the long run. I do feel if there's any, if I can throw a knowledge branch of hope to any sort of women hockey fans out there or women skaters, is that. If you think about footy, Will, and the women's game in England, in regards to, well, even all over the world in regards to football, it took a long, long time for women's football to get any kind of recognition in this country, didn't it? Uh, is it even there, though? It is in a way, because now you've got now you've got players actually, on a much smaller scale, now you've got women's players moving across countries to teams, like the England captain, or... There was somebody from uh, one of the England players was was signed by Barcelona, and it was a mass. It's like she was the first English player to play for Barcelona since Gary Lineker, and it was like, oh wow, holy shit, this is really cool. Like the England's women team is 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 good, and it's but it's, I remember I remember women's football from the early nineties, and it was horrendous, and there was like ten people there, whereas at least now, fair enough, they're not playing it bloody Anfield or Old Trafford or whatever but they're now playing in better stadiums trust me the standard of the women's game is immeasurably higher than it was 20 years ago and I feel you see a lot more women's footballers now like women's analysis and stuff on on Sky Sports 
there are now mm. women doing that. They will now have women guests, women footballers guests on football shows, whereas that would have never ever happened. Nobody would even known a, fo- a footballer, a women footballer's name, twenty years ago. Whereas now, there's like at least at least five or six that are kind of out there in the media doing stuff. So, which, hopefully. which is a start, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah, it's a start. It's just going to take time, unfortunately. And I yeah. think to an extent, it's like a it's a societal thing as well. Um, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Like, women's football has had a longer road than than some other some other sports potentially. Like it's been slower progress, but just because it's been going for longer, and it's yeah. still waiting on the rest of society to catch up and move with it, to to then ultimately break down the barriers. Because you think you know we we the women's game in England has it's been around, it's been established. For, for long enough and that we're only just getting female pundits on TV at the same time you know hockey's getting female pundits on, on Hockey Night in Canada and stuff like that so it's yeah yeah, it does seem to me it's very much just linked into society as a whole just the last thing on this before we move on I feel as well as hockey is still rooted in old white man generic sports opinions no. as seen on yeah I know I've this might be breaking news to you, Will. This might be breaking news to you, but you know, if you're a minority, you're a female, or well, to be fair, let's be honest, anybody not middle class and white in hockey or upper class and white, it can be quite tough for you to get a bit of a break in it. I don't know if you, I don't know if you know that or not. I'd, I'd heard that. Let's move on before we go down a dark path. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but no. Okay. Here's here's the brighter future for the women's game and uh, and, yeah. and the NWHL and pouring out for the CWHL and all the um all the blood that's been spilt to to get us to where we are today. Absolutely, well said. I wanted to mention something this week about us, about one player. I'm going to single out. I want to single out Matt Cullen. I want to show Matt. Matt Cullen a bit of love and and a bit of respect. In more than 100 years of National Hockey League history, there's been exactly one U.S.-born player to play 1,500 career games. Until tonight. When the game starts in a few minutes, Penguins forward Matt Cullen will become a proud member of the 1,500 club. He's um he's as old as Ovi has goals this season, isn't he? <laughs> Do you know what I thought you were going to say? I think he's nearly as old as you. <laughs> you cheeky fuck. No, <laughs> I know he's nowhere near as old as you are. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you. 20 seasons with at least 20 points. Which, <laughs> I mean... Hang on. It is impressive, but it's not that, not that snappy, is it? It's not, but he's not just had 20 points in some of those seasons. Some seasons he's got 50, 49, 40, you know. So my point was, my point was, I thought I would look at his, I would look at his contract, what he's earned over his career, as we were talking before. Because I, I thought about it when I thought about McDavid, and I'd had the idea in my head that this guy's making twelve and a half million a year, and he would give it all up. He would, he would give up. He would make league minimum to win cups. And we've said before, we've mentioned Carl Dubis. It's great he's got all this talent. Stan Bowman, can you find those piece players who will fit into your team and do a job? And get results, and play ugly hockey sometimes, and and score those greasy goals where there's a, just a scramble and it goes in off your knee or your elbow or your skate or something. Can you find those players who can do that for you? 
So were you were you looking not to to bury the lead here, but were you looking to find out whether Matt Cullen so far has had a more valuable career than Conor McDavid has had? Not not valuable, not valuable, but it was like a two pronged kind of thing. I was thinking like, how much per year has Matt Cullen made over his career? How many points has he got? Because tw- to play twenty seasons and get at least twenty points in those, okay, he's obviously doing something. Right, Christ. We fucking talked about James Neal, Milan Lucic, Louis Eriksson. You know, guys who this season getting paid six, 5.7 million, getting 12 points, 11 points, 15 points. You know, that's fucking shit. They're not going to be on this list with Matt Cullen, are they? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? And I was thinking... <laughs> I bet that's what keeps James Neal up at night now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not that. But again, we've mentioned before, Matt Cullen's won. Th- Matt Cullen's won three Stanley Cups. He can't be twenty seasons with twenty points. Sounds like a, oh yeah, twenty seasons, twenty points, big whoop. But to play in this league for twenty seasons, that is impressive. To not be put out to pasture after your thirteenth, fourteenth, fifteenth season. To keep coming back and keep coming back and keep having teams being like, do you know, do a job. Matt Cullen will do a job. We'll get him. We'll get him cheap as well. I think I just think he's I think he's one of those guys that's just gonna be on that team, does thankless jobs and performs thankless tasks and he just deserves a bit of goddamn respect, Will. <laughs> no, it, it all jokes aside, like it is impressive. It is impressive. Do you know how much he makes average per year over his over his career? One point three million. One point six. It's not. That's not bad for twenty points. That's not bad. And like I say, twenty points is. There might be. For for it to be a twenty point season, you have to do that when you're a rookie, or you have to do it like now when you're 39, 40, 41, 42. To do that, that and playing fourth line minutes. That's not unimpressive. That's that's that's. A, I think that's a really impressive statistic. To and. How many how many players would play twenty seasons and get at least twenty points in twenty seasons? There's not many. There really isn't many, I believe. Like over the over the course of history, to do it consistently. You might get ones that have done it for ten years or eleven or twelve, but not twenty. And he averages sorry, just uh, averages zero point four eight points per game. Really? Yes. That's fucking mad. For one point six million a year. You'll get a guy who'll average half a point a game for 1.6 million a year. That's great. I, I think the really impressive thing is is just the fact that he's um, he's played played 20 years. That's just mad, isn't it? Obviously, the 20 points a year thing is impressive in itself as well. But there's just something about it that's not as um, just it's not as snappy, is it? No, but you're just looking at 20 points. I get what you're saying. I, I get what you're I saying. Am. If you say to a guy, if you say to a player, you'll get 20 points for your career, you'd be like, what? Like, that's shit. But if you said to it, yeah, but you'll do it every year for 20, at least 20 points for every 20 years. It's not just 20 points. Like some years he got 60, 58, 47. He was never just getting like 20, 21. Obviously at the start of his career, he did that when he was a rookie. And obviously he's done it now at the tail end when he's playing. Because he's not, it's not like he's played top centre minutes every night is it like he's been playing fourth line minutes probably for the past eight years and maybe the first three or four years or something 
So to produce 20 points a season for 20 years when you're playing maybe eight minutes a night or seven minutes, dude, that's something. For 1.6 million a year, that is something to be... I think that's, I think that's impressive, man. I really do. No, I, th- I, think you're, I think you're absolutely right. You know who didn't achieve that? <laughs> I just... <sighs> Go on. There, there, there's somewhat of a surprise. Yaramir Yaga. Really? <laughs> yeah. Last season in Calgary, seven points because he only played twenty-two games. There you go. Chances are he would have. He would have, but yeah, but he didn't. But he didn't. So he hasn't. So... See, fucking Yarger got that streak, has he? There you go. Like my balls. <laughs> Steady <laughs> on there, son. Okay, now. If you said to a GM, "I'll get you a guy who's going to average zero point four eight points per game over his career. He's going to cost you one point six million a year." And you live him for you live him for twenty years, and he'll score at least twenty points in twenty years. Every single one of them would be like, "Give me that guy immediately." Because what what should he be? What like for 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 essentially one point for essentially one and a half million a year? How many points should he be getting a season? Like seventy, eighty? No, of course not. Those guys make nine million a year, eight million a year. He's making one point five. That's peanuts. It's nothing. At least thirty points for for one point six. <laughs> For thirty years, <laughs> at least. <laughs> I feel you don't. So, I, don't, I feel you're not giving Matt Cullen the full respect that I am. <laughs> no, I am. I am. I promise. You want to know something interesting? So, so Matt Cullen's averaged one point six million per year for his yeah. uh, for his career earnings over twenty years. That comes to a grand total of thirty-six million, something like that. Thirty-two ah. million dollars. <laughs> Colin McDavid has so far and at the end of this season will have earned uh, $23,325,000 so by the end of next season Colin McDavid will have earned more than Matt Cullen earned in his, in his entire career yeah not scored quite as many points <laughs> I think it's more you can't compare <laughs> Because you can't compare Matt Cullen to Conor McDavid. No I think that's what you're trying to trying to do. I was looking at, like I said, I was looking at more of those players we were kind of talking about the other week. Your your Milan Lucic's, your James Neal's, your Louis Eriksons, making six million dollars a year, contributing fifteen points. They're no, they're no Matt Collins. They're no Matt Cullen. Matt Cullen, you have my goddamn respect. Even if my other part, even if my co my podcast co host doesn't give you the full respect I am. You've got my respect, Matt Cullen. You absolute warrior. No, props to Matt Cullen. All jokes aside. Are you, um... Uh, what's the word? Um, Hall of Famer? Oh, fuck, I didn't think you are going to throw that at me. Shit. Um, you, you can't be chatting all this breeze about Matt Cullen and, and then not... He's like 60 years old. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm going to say yeah. For the reason, for the same reason that I said, I said about Zetterberg was here's a guy who got taken in the sixth or seventh round and then was unbelievable and just showed that desire and heart can be enough to to get you to the promised land and can get you to that point where you've always dreamed of being. And I feel like Matt Cullen in the same kind of way, you don't, you, you, 
just be a great contributor to your team. You don't have to make all the money. You don't have to have all the points. Just contribute to your team. Be solid. Be steady. And to do it for 20 years is really impressive. To Dude, Matt Cullen's going to go in because he's got three cups. That's regardless of what he's done. People are going to put him in anyway because of that, aren't they? I, I'm not saying that's why he should go in. In that same way, if Zetterberg should go in as somebody that somebody could, as a child, could look up to and say, "Oh my God!" Like that guy was probably knocked back loads of times and ended up making it anyway. There were probably people who looked at Matt Cullen and said, "Fucking whatever, Matt Cullen, who gives a shit?" But he's played for twenty years, and there's always a team that wants him. There's always a team that's like Matt Cullen could come in and do a job. He's always ready. He's a you know he's a complete professional. That kind of thing. I'm gonna say yeah. I'm gonna say yeah for that very reason. I, I never realised you were such a big Matt Cullen fan. I wasn't until I realised what he'd done. The fact he'd done it over so long and for such little outlay. Thinking about it from a GM's point of view. For for the points he produces for his contract, like average over lifetime, I think I, I think he's been I think he's been really good. I think he's been really, really good. I'm I'm glad um, that you've gotten so excited over a middle six forward. <laughs> a I'm amazed John. I'm amazed John not. Forward. <laughs> oh mate Dude, no, Mr. Big, Intangibles what do you expect big... <laughs> I expect this over, over Matt Martin and Kyle Clutterbuck well oh, if they I'm make it to, to 20 years and average 20 points at least 20 points a year maybe I'll do, we'll have the same conversation about them I, I feel like that's probably not going to happen yeah I agree exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> let's move on we mentioned them before talking about intangibles and grit I wanted to have a quick look at the Carolina Hurricanes Aho to the outside Tavares in front Kapanen stopped by Morazic defended by Callie Rosen and the rookie defenseman will send it back another good shift from the Aho line they may need more of that a steal it's Niederreiter up top it's still his shot scores hey hey what do you say top and their yeah. rise, shall we say, up the standings to now being in, if they win out, guaranteed playoff place. How? Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> it's just mad, right? I, I was looking at, um, I was looking, I, I went to NHL.com to get some stats, which took me about seven hours because that website's an absolute fucking horror show, but whatever. Since the 1st of January, they're 27, 12, and 2. I'm I'm fairly sure I'm fairly sure just for wins, they're second only to the Lightning in that time. I mean that sounds about right. That's almost 30, 30 wins in the second half of the season. That yeah, mathematically sure. makes sense. Their shooting percentage increased, so obviously they were scoring at a higher percent. They're scoring at a rate of around nine percent for the team, and the two goalies are playing well. Curtis McElhaney saving around nine fifteen in the last thirty or so games, and Pete Mrazek. 9.33 save percentage since the All-Star break which is as we put it simple hockey really have two good goalies score more goals pretty simple you, and you never would have guessed that that would lead to, to big W's off on the boards would you no and it's all thanks to great and intangible as well that's all it is <laughs> I thought you were going to say thanks to Matt Cullen <laughs> <laughs> they've been on the phone to him Matt, what do we do? Here's what you do, boys. <laughs> Let me give you some fatherly advice. It it feels a bit surreal with the Hurricanes, doesn't it? Like all these all these years of being, oh yeah, this is this will be the year. This will be the year. 
and now it's actually happening. I know it's not happened yet, but it effectively has. And it's it's just going to be so strange to actually see the Hurricanes in the playoffs. Refreshing. You would think they're going to be in. They've got they've got New Jersey tonight. Oh, <laughs> don't say think, that. Okay, don't say that. <laughs> you, but you, I mean, they, they are in. They're in a better position than obviously the Columbus and Montreal are below them. So, and another thing as well was the. God damn it! From the wilds, from the wilds' point of view, that awful rask for Niederreiter trade, because <laughs> it's just com- it's completely boosted the Hurricanes. Like Nino Niederreiter, I think he's had twenty-seven points in thirty-two games since he joined. Which at the time that trade was, we we questioned that trade at the time. Now we can safely say, in hindsight, it was terrible. Yeah, I think it's it's official, officially terrible by every measurable metric. Now, that's. Yeah, their their playoff push isn't open and shut, but that trade most certainly is. Definitely, definitely. Sebastian Aho gonna get paid this summer. He's been is he RFA this year for them. Yeah, I'd, I can see that being a bridge. To be honest, like he he reeks of a bridge. They'll get him done for a little five little five year. He, he just stinks like a bridge, doesn't he? F- five years, maybe like six and a half or something. Dude, Dude I don't know. Uh, Younger players, he. Dude, look at younger players these days when I make that money as quickly as possible. Yeah, but I think he he lacks that. He's a fantastic player, absolutely fantastic. He's over, he's over, a, he's over a point per game this year. Yeah, but I just think there's something about it. Like he doesn't have, like he's not a first overall pick and all that shit. He's not Canadian, you know, all that, all that <laughs> nonsense. Fucking mad. You laugh, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't matter, but it does. It absolutely does matter, and we've seen it time and time again. Like, how is David Pasternak only making like six point eight million or whatever? Pasternak's making that because Marshawn and Bergeron are making that, and that's where that comes from. I'm telling you, that comes from you can't seriously think you're worth two million dollars more than Patrice Bergeron, do you? And then you go, oh well, maybe not. No, sorry, <laughs> and that's what that that's what happens. I I just reckon he'll get he'll get a smaller contract than he deserves at this stage of the game. You might be right. You might be right. We'll we'll to, I, I don't know who his agent is. So that probably, probably depends. Actually, on yeah, that that makes, yeah. Seen, you know, Don Waddell hasn't negotiated a contract for ten years, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> That's a good point. And then the defense, of course, the yeah, Dougie Hamilton, Calvin DeHaan to a pretty good decor already. And yeah, like we say, Scott Darling is the Scott Darling experiment ends. They managed to pick up. So go on. <laughs> I was just going to say it's an absolute piss take when one of Jacob Slavin, Dougie Hamilton, Justin Falk, Brett Pesci, or Calvin DeHaan is playing on your third pairing. It's just just unfair. I know completely. But yeah, like I, I don't know what they're doing about Darling. You've got to assume they're going to buy him out this summer, haven't you? You would think so. Maybe a team will take him. Teams always after all the goalies, aren't they? They don't seem to care. And look, like I said a million times, goalies are so weird. Anyway, he could go somewhere else and be really good. It could be like the Hurricanes were his first, oh God, this is my team, what the hell am I going to do? So he panics and then he goes to another team and it's like, well, he was shit in Carolina, so fucking whatever. But then he, because of that, there's no pressure on him, so he goes to another team and performs well again. I don't know. Could turn into um, yeah, the next Peter Mrazek. There you go. Which leads us to part of that Dougie Hamilton trade, Adam Fox, who I'm going to dub for this current period, the college John Tavares. Who's <laughs> currently at Harvard, uh, drafted by Calgary, came up to the Hurricanes in that uh, five-player deal, 
And the Flames wanted to sign him after his sophomore season, but he said he was, you know, going to go out to school. They traded his rights. Like, they obviously knew they were never going to get him, so they just traded his rights to Carolina. And But if he goes back for his senior year and completes his college eligibility, he's going to be a free agent in 2020, which obviously the Hurricanes would rather get something for him now while they can. So Tom Dundon has said, dun, 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 has said they are going to trade him. And the idea is if the Hurricanes can trade him to the team he likes, then he'll want to go, which looks like it's probably going to be the Rangers as he just was gushing about them completely when he's been interviewed time and time again. So He's a college free agent, so you know, naturally come August 15th or whatever the date is this year, he has to sign for the Rangers as is tradition. Yeah, exactly. How do you think, I mean... This obviously reeks of um, was it Jimmy VC, wasn't it, a few years ago? Yeah, a couple of years ago. How's he, how's he panned out for the Rangers, actually? Let's have a look. Not, let, let's just not say... great. Yeah, you, you don't know Dan off the top of your head. So that's actually, yeah, really, doesn't it? That sums up, yeah. And there was obviously a thing, there was, I saw a lot of buzz on Twitter at the time, like Jimmy VC. this is, oh, we could be getting something here, this could be somebody worth looking at, blah, blah, blah. I think when, when I checked a couple of days ago, I think he's on pace for about 35 points, something like that. Probably going to average, yeah, so in his three seasons, averaging around 31, 32 points. Yeah, which is fine. Fine for, you know, if, you, if you'd have drafted that, that's fantastic. But for the fanfare that he's coming for and the money he's being paid, because I think he earns like two and a half million or something like that. I see um, you mean. The, the hype was around Jimmy Vesey, wasn't it? And there was going to be a few teams looking at him and he just decided to go to the Rangers. It's what makes this uh, this Adam Fox situation hard to read because like Kevin Hayes has been good, Kevin Hayes has been good, Alex Kerfoot's having a decent season. He's sort of flirting with fifty points if memory serves. Obviously, Will Butcher's come out and done really well. Will but Will Butcher's would Will Butcher would be the best comparison, but I'm just not. I don't know. There's something about college free agents that they're just never quite as good as you think they're going to be, are they? I know. Jeff Gorton's already kind of put a, a bit of pressure on Adam Fox already, saying he's the... What did he say? Not the best undrafted defenseman. He's the, he's the best defenseman not playing in the NHL right now, he said. I think that's... I thought, Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, what? But, like, don't say that. I don't think that's even true. No. <laughs> With what, what Kyle McCarr's doing, that's, um, yeah, thoroughly untrue. <laughs> I would agree. I mean, maybe he's just obviously he's just trying to sweeten him to get him there, I suppose, oh, yeah. isn't he? Because everyone knows he wants to go to the Rangers, so fuck it, pumping his just pumping his tires for he gets there. But like Adam Christ. Fox is having a stellar college career, absolutely stellar college career. There's no no doubt about that. I just yeah, I'm I'm just very wary. Especially, I, th- I think Jimmy Jimmy VT has spoiled the pot. Like yeah, there's it's just I can't. You know, last massive. Highly touted free college free agent out of Harvard. I've seen this story before, but that, then again, like you know, Adam Fox is this? Is he a free agent this summer? No, next summer. No, if he goes back summer. to if he goes back to college and completes his eligibility, then he'll be a free agent next year. Which no, is why the Hurricanes are trying to. Which is why the Hurricanes are trying to trade him now because so he can get something for his rights before. before but then the idea is, yeah. The, but then the idea is, if he gets traded this summer. He will play for the Rangers next year. He won't go back to college because he wants to play for the Rangers. That's the idea. There, there you go. So I suppose it is different to VZ. Like, you know, for all we know, Fox could go back to Harvard and put up play seventy points, and and that'd be just insane. Yeah, it'd be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing the kid play. No doubt about it. But I'm interested. Be, uh... to see, I'm interested to see what 
what the trade is, what the Rangers are willing to give up. Because the Hurricanes know on one side that they have to get rid of him because he's not going to play for them. He doesn't want to play for them anyway. But on the other side, they know that the Rangers really want him. And if you've got Jeff Gorton talking him up to the fucking hilt, then what is it worth to you, Jeff? What are you going to give me for it? I, I could see it being something like a third round pick, maybe. I, I was going to say, I could have seen it being a second. I really could. Oh, I do, nah, I don't know about that much because ultimately, like, you know, the Rangers can wait and get him. For nothing. For nothing. Yeah, exactly. True. I, know, I know it's true. like, um, yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd rather yeah, you're have right. him now, but especially where Fox has said I'm not signing with Carolina like Carolina are bent over a barrel a little bit yeah true true but then the Rangers have got plenty of picks to play with this year again haven't they yeah but you still you don't you don't just throw things away because you've got them do you not that that's true not the trading for Adam Fox would be throwing a pick away but you know what I mean if you can get him for a, a third why would you send him a second just to quickly touch on the Rangers when does the pressure start to mount after this rebuild because they've got another five picks they've had three first round picks last year and they took oh god so Vitaly Kraftsoff they took Andre Miller and oh that Swedish defenseman Nils Lundqvist was the other guy all many be very good to good came with sort of high, they all came with sort of high reputations had performed well in every, you know, all performed well in their individual leagues that they played in. They've got another five picks in the first two rounds this year. At what point does that Rangers fan base think, okay, the rebuild's finished. Let's actually, okay, let's start doing something. There's rumours that Panarin, because he, the, obviously the thing was his his girlfriend or his wife wanted to go to a big city. It's New York, we've already said. I know LA was another option. But if they can get Panarin in there, they've got cap space. Then lots of young players coming in, high you know high draft picks. How lot? How much grace do they have with this rebuild? Well, I think they've got to have a bit more grace because you think not one of those players has hit the NHL yet. Oh no, I agree. I agree. I just wondered, like, is it two years, three years? Like, at what point? I'd I'd think. Well, it'd be interesting to see what they do this summer, wouldn't it? Because if they sign Panarin, that's just going to fuck everything up, really. And they've got two more years of Lundqvist after. Do you think they're going to load up for that last year of Lundqvist? That's the year. Like, they almost have to do it for him. Yeah, Next I mean, year's maybe. maybe too soon. Yeah, your average, like, prospect growth curve, if you will, would, would see a lot of their young players be ready. Because, yeah, they've still got, like, like Bucinovic is still young, Philip Heatle, Barrett Hayton, Elias Anderson. They have already got a lot of young players in the system yeah. to come through. So yeah, yeah, I could maybe see him going for one last push with with Lundqvist, and then I think to an extent, once Lundqvist is gone, that's when it'll be like, right, what's happening now? That's going to be the big. So yeah, maybe maybe two two more years before the pressure starts mounting up. If the, yeah, because if they if they have all these players playing next, if well, not all of them, if they have some of these players playing next season and they like turn out and, to and all that, yeah, turn out to be as good as the as their kind of write-ups essentially were about them, that they could do something. And then for that last season of Lundqvist to just, we've got to do it for Hank. We've got to do it for Hank. We have to do everything we can to get him there. After that, yeah, I agree what you mean. Because that's going to be the narrative, isn't it? That's going to be the narrative. It's, I mean, it might not be his last season, but he's going to be 39 at that point. And you just think, I don't know. Again, it's goalies. You never know. But the narrative that last season would be, this is Lundqvist's last season. Let's do it. Let's go for it. And then after that, like you say, then it's like, well, what are we doing now then? 
what what's the what's the plan? <laughs> yeah, I think no. I think that's gonna be it. Like next season it's not alright, we're we're still we're still in the in the tank, if you will. And then after that it'll be alright, let's let's see what happens when we start turning this around. But credit them now. They they really did do a rebuild. They've really gone for it. Like yeah. full on. They're doing it at the moment. We'll see if they uh, see if they can stay the course and not be tempted by certain um, certain free agent prizes, certain exp- certain expensive Russians. I think that's uh, it's quite unfair, quite unfair yeah. indeed. <laughs> All right, but yes, man versus coin flip. What's the most you ever lost on a coin toss? Call it. That's a crazy it, week. Let's flip it. An unbelievable week. I, I was. I forgot to flip the coin before I checked your scores. Oh. So you, you I checked your scores first, and I thought, oh my god, I've not even fucking. I've not even done my flips for whatever. And you scored four points, and I thought, oh shit, Will's coins, got a chance. Here. Coins coming back. <laughs> and then the coin scored four points. Oh, <laughs> I was like, shit. Like, <laughs> I think you need to start videoing these flips, so I can uh, actually believe you for once. You can, you can, ver- yeah, because I've got nothing better to do than make up coin flips. <laughs> hey, you don't. You've, Ooh, you've I know what I'll do. This. Sneaky, sneaky. <laughs> this will show him. This, yeah, this will learn him. Cheeky young bastard. Calling me old. Watch me flip this coin or not flip the coin. Preds, Canucks. Preds. Blues, Flyers. Blues. <laughs> Canadians, Leafs. Uh, do you know why uh, I picked those first? Do you know why I picked those first two games? Well, just because you think they'll be resting players. Yeah, and I thought, I wonder if you're going to think about that. <laughs> I'm trying to fuck you over again. Nah, yeah, I, okay. I, I know, I know. You, you're very transparent in that fact, Dan. But um, <laughs> you're, you're trying to make me fuck myself over, but I won't do it. It's true. I promise. Okay. Yeah, Canadians, Leafs. I've got to go with the Leafs. I've got no faith in the Habs. Okay. Sends Columbus. Bearing in mind that this could be the game that if the Sens win, they send they could send Columbus out of the playoffs. Against my better judgment, I've got to go with the Sens. I've, sometimes oh you just got to. God, fabulous! You've got to go with what you want. Fabulous. And then wouldn't Caps, that just be? Incredible. You like? Yeah, it's a great story. It's a great story. The Sens beat Columbus, but they're already last. So the player they traded away, the player they traded for and gave away their first round pick for, they then screw over. <laughs> whilst also at the same time not having the first round pick that they screwed him over to get. Oh my God. And then, and then the Avalanche make the playoffs again. So that in the two <laughs> years after leaving the Avalanche, Duchesne oh has never made yeah. the... The Avs have to make the playoffs and get that. We've said it all season. The Avs have to make the playoffs and then also get the first overall pick. <laughs> but then if Columbus don't, it's just an added layer. Oh my god! All right. And then lastly, Caps Islanders winners get to keep uh, Barry Trot's head in a jar after he dies. Lucky <laughs> <laughs> well, in um, the Legends of Zorro with uh, yeah. Antonio Banderas. I was going to say you're in a Futurama, like Nixon. Yeah, but they're not all dead. They're they're alive in Futurama. Oh yeah, good point. Actually, yeah, good point. Good point. Caps. I've got. Uh, yeah, I'll, I've gone for my risky pick in the sense. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay course. Go with the caps. All right. Good stuff. Good stuff. Last the last 
man versus coin flip. Last Machine, season, Will yeah. lost. Will lost to a machine. Will he now lose to a coin? We shall see. And then next week, it's man versus. It's going to be the start of man versus man. God, I'm much more exciting prospect. Much more vigorous. Can we get a, an octopus in to do the predictions <laughs> next year? I told you next year it's you versus my daughter. It's man versus oh, eight yes. year old. <laughs> I've already decided that. But I've got loads of get, these lined up. We're going to get <laughs> Noel Edmonds in to host that segment. <laughs> Oh my god, that means <laughs> man versus box or something. I know because he, oh he hosted Are You Smarter Than a Ten Year Old, didn't he? Oh, did he? I never watched that show. Will I never I watched he, it? I think he did. Yeah, I find those kids. Like. I find those kids precocious little fucks, and I don't like it. So I, I just avoided that show completely. Am, am I allowed to feel that way about your daughter next year when she starts absolutely caning me out of the gate? <laughs> That'd be so funny. I was thinking of trying. I was gonna. Try, I was thinking about just. I was just gonna get her to do it into the microphone, so then we at least had proof of what she picks. I, and I at some point, to. I'd want to. Yeah, at some point, I'd wanted to say. I want. I want to say something like to her. Okay, Georgia. So, uh, so we'll pick the sharks, and she'd be like, "The sharks." Okay, whatever. Um, <laughs> you'd be like, "Cheek little bitch," <laughs> just completely mugging me off every week. Yeah, just just mugging you off every time. Anyway, that's next season. Next week, man versus man. <laughs> Christ, I can't wait. Thank you for listening, folks. As always, if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter, you can. I am at Dan Straight Edge. Will you are at W E V E V E R E T T at Two Bits One Puck. Number two, number one. A fun show as always. Thank you, everybody. Will any last words? Um, no. I've I've got nothing. Let's bring on the playoffs. Bring on the playoffs. One week to go, everybody. Let's have some fun. Take care, everyone. I'll see you later. Peace. Peace.